Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we explore what it means to live and embrace the feminine genius in our everyday lives as women. I'm Chloe Langer, and in today's episode, I'm sitting down with Emily Wilson, and we're talking about her brand new weekly devotional for women, how to find time for prayer in busy seasons of life, and Emily's top piece of advice for all of us as we close out 2020 and embark on all the adventures that 2021 has in store. In a season where you're probably hearing about everyone else's New Year's resolutions and maybe have thought about making some of your own, Emily and I are sharing the importance of small steps and creating healthy habits for your spiritual life that will last a lot longer than the first few days of January. Because if you're like me, you can probably think of many failed New Year's resolutions that you've made in the past. I have long admired Emily's heart for women, and she's a guest that I've hoped to have on the podcast for years, but it's taken a long time to coordinate a conversation between books being written and babies being born for both of us, so it was a total joy and honor to sit down with her and learn more about her story. If you're looking into this new year with hope and anticipation and maybe a little bit of nervousness, sister, this letter's for you. I also want to share some exciting Letters to Women news. Letters to Women now has its own Instagram account, so you can find the podcast on Instagram at letters to women underscore podcast. When you follow the new account, you'll find news about the brand new Letters to Women book that's coming this spring, and I've also been hosting some really fun giveaways of books from authors that I've hosted on the show too. This is an account I've loved creating, and I would love to connect with you over there. Today's episode sponsor is Pink Salt Riot. Pink Salt Riot is all about true and beautiful goods designed and handmade in the United States for faith-filled people. From unique accessories and apparel to paper goods and their joy box subscriptions, Pink Salt Riot is the perfect place to turn to for a gorgeous gift. Use the code CHLOE, all caps, C-H-L-O-E, for 10% off your purchase at checkout when you shop at pinksaltriot.com. Again, the code is CHLOE at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Okay, let's dive into this conversation with Emily Wilson about prayer life, priorities, and saying hello to a new year. Hey, I'm welcoming to the show Emily Wilson, who is an international speaker, author, and YouTuber who runs a global ministry for women. Whether she's recording a video for YouTube or posting on Instagram, she reaches a worldwide audience of women with a message of faith and identity in Jesus. The author of the best-selling and award-winning Go Bravely, Awaken My Heart, God's Glorious Girl, and I Choose the Sky. She earned a bachelor's degree in broadcast journalism from Arizona State University, and she now lives in Southern California with her husband and children. Emily, welcome to Letters to Women. It is such an honor to have you on the show. Thanks so much. It's so great to be here. I am just grateful to just sit and chat with you, get to know you a little bit better, and then to share some things that hopefully will resonate with your listeners. Beautiful. So in today's conversation, we're going to be talking about your brand new book, Awaken My Heart, as well as how to prioritize prayer in busy seasons, which I am selfishly asking because I am going to soak all of your advice up. <laughs> okay. I um, hope I have some good, good advice for you. Um, but we're also going to be talking about growing in gratitude and what lo- loving abundantly looks like. But to start us off, Emily, can you sh- share a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, go way back to 1989. My mom converted to Catholicism when she was six months pregnant with me. I have yet to find someone whose mother received the sacraments of initiation while they were in her womb. Um, And so it was kind of like I received, you know, confirmation with her, which is just amazing. Uh, And then confirmation again when I was 15, which is crazy. But um, my mom had a really uh, powerful experience of the Holy Spirit uh, on that day when she converted. Um, And my mom and my dad, both my dad was raised Catholic. uh, And so my mom, um, 
I grew up with her taking us to daily mass because she was able to do that. She was a stay-at-home mom. And um, I just saw her love and devotion to the Lord. So um, we were involved in ministry in many different ways. My parents were super involved at the church uh, in ministry and in doing music and things like that. So I was raised watching them do that and watching them devote their lives to the Lord. I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. Um, and then after that, I went to Arizona State University where my faith was put to the test because uh, Arizona State isn't, a, you know, a very welcoming place for girls who love Jesus and want to tell people about him. So I went to Arizona State and my faith was really put to the test. And I was forced to make the decision to either abandon my faith or cling to it more than ever. And I chose the latter. Uh, and I clung to it um, more deeply than I even had before. And I found a daily mass on campus. Uh, daily mass has really been the heartbeat of uh, my life and my faith. It's been challenging not to have that this year. It's been one of the greatest uh, challenges for me is not being able to go to daily mass. Um, here, California churches just closed again. So we have mass in the parking lot again. Uh, we've, yeah, we've been able to be inside for four weeks um, since March. Uh, and daily mass is not uh, uh, an option anymore. Uh, so that's been really challenging, but that has been my life as a Catholic woman. I um, really, it was transformative at Arizona State to have to make my faith my own and really um, just figure out like who is Jesus and who does he want to be for me. And then later on, Jesus asking me to kind of share about him in a public way that all happened because i read mularis dignitatum i don't know if you've read that encyclical on the dignity invocation of women i read that at the end of my college career as they say uh it was a book um, after mass one day uh the priest said there was a woman who passed away from our parish she had a massive library of books and they're all on the tables outside the church I was like, okay. So I went outside uh, to a side of the church I normally don't. And I saw on the dignity and vocation of women, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so I picked it up and I put it in my purse and I read it. And I knew the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, your life will never be the same. Like it's like this just changed everything because I was like, women need to know this stuff. They need to know about the feminine genius, right? What you talk about, they need to know about their dignity and worth and value. And for the last three years that I was in college, I had seen women who knew nothing of the sort, right? Women who were so hungry for the truth, so hungry for Jesus, um, so hungry, desperately longing for those things and looking for them in all the wrong places. And I was like, this is, you know, Jesus is the answer, but this encyclical offers really actionable points for women to find their worth and value. So I made it my mission to share that. And long story short, I ended up getting into ministry at a high school, an all-girls Catholic high school that I had actually attended. Uh, and then my, I just kept giving it over to the Lord. Lord, whatever you want me to do. I was involved in um, music ministry in a lot of different ways. And people just asked me, started asking me to give talks. Um, and I started to hone that skill through my skills in broadcast journalism and just kind of pivot it, which is the big word of 2020, <laughs> pivot it to... Um, sharing the gospel and sharing the message of Jesus. And that kind of brought me to where I am today. That's a very condensed version, but those are some of the main key points along my journey as a Catholic woman and to uh, becoming a Catholic woman who speaks publicly about being a Catholic woman. That's beautiful. I love how On the Dignity and Vocation of Women is such a pivotal player in your story because it's so true. The more that I've done this podcast or just sat down 
over coffee with women is just realizing regardless the season, whether it's in high school or college or new motherhood or 30s or, you know, regardless, wherever you're at, there is this very much a wound, I think, that a lot of women have of not being able to see the fact that we're beloved daughters or Mm -hmm. that we have inherent worth that we don't have to prove uh, that we're worthy of God's love. And so I just love that that is the encyclical that just speaks into that so clearly, I think, from the church's perspective. And then for you to channel that into your speaking ministry has been absolutely beautiful. I know I have benefited personally 100% from what you've shared online and, and watching YouTube videos or seeing you at conferences. So thank you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. It's amazing how that one moment I like, I love moments like that in life where I'm like walking up to that table, right. To look at the books and the Lord's just like smiling. He's like, it's all about to change. Like, I'm so excited right now because it's all about to change. And we all have those moments in our lives where like, we are, you know, you're walking up to your first date with that guy or, you know, whatever it might be. And the Lord's just smiling, thinking it's all about to change. And she has no idea. It's a great, great facet of life with the Lord. Yeah. He's such a good dad being able to like, smile. Yes. They're like this is it that you don't know. Yes. They're going to be so joyful. Yeah. That's just so wonderful to think about from his perspective. Mm-hmm. So yeah, me walking up to that table was one of those great moments. And I always encourage women to reflect on those moments in their own lives where they can look back and see the Lord smiling. Yes, we all have them. That's 100% mm-hmm. true. Mm, that's so good. Emily, I loved Go Bravely, which is one of the first books that I've read that you've written, but you've written a new book, which is Awaken My Heart, 52 Weeks of Giving Thanks and Loving Abundantly that Ave Maria Press published. And it's absolutely gorgeous. But can you tell me the background, the origin story? What inspired this new book and what will a reader find when she opens the cover? Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I really struggle with daily devotionals. Uh, yeah, they're so hard because you, you're like, you go into it, you're all pumped. You're like, oh my gosh, we're going to do this. It's going to change my prayer life, blah, blah. And then on day four, you forget, or you don't have time and you just give up and you're like, well, try that again. That didn't work. I didn't want that to be for women. Right. And I looked at it. I thought about doing it daily and I was like, 365 topics is a lot of topics to write about and to think about. There's no way. My son was like maybe Zion was like five months old when my like idea of a devotional, like the Lord gave me that, you know, calling. Uh, So I thought, what if I do it weekly? And the Lord like really confirmed that I sat down that night and I wrote out, I just started writing topics, writing topics. I was like, Lord, give me the topics. And I wrote like 45 topics in 10 minutes. And that's when I know like super clearly that things are from the Lord and about probably 42 ended up of those ended up in the book itself. Um, but I wanted women with busy lives, which is, you know, the, the word busy is overused, but very full schedules and very full lives. My life is very full. My son Zion is now two. My son Jedediah is two months and looking at daily devotional was not possible. But I thought, what if I could give a woman a theme for her week? What if I could give her something to reflect on and just see how it fits into her life and what the Lord wants to speak through it and how he wants to unpack that theme throughout her week, right? Even if you just spend five minutes a day and there are super heavy weeks, like the week on forgiving yourself. And I'm like, when we look at forgiving ourselves and what we're holding onto from the past that we have not forgiven ourselves for, we can't do that in a day right? That's like a week of work, a month of work, a year of work. And so I thought a woman can really walk with the Lord each and every single day to ask him, where am I holding on to unforgiveness against myself? And how can you help me heal from that? How, How can you let me let go, help me let go of that? And to do that in a week is a lot more realistic than a day. 
some of the weeks are very heavy like that. Um, like the week about loving your dad or loving your mom or things like that. Those can be very challenging and lots to unpack, but there's also weeks that are lighter. There's a week spoiler alert about just looking at the flowers in your life. Like every single day, all you do is look for flowers and see that as a reflection of God's love uh, and joy for you. Um, so that's the idea. And that's the goal. I want it to be manageable for women, but offer structure for them. And, you know, especially in times and seasons of life where it feels like, how will I ever possibly have structure in my prayer life? This little thousand word reflection, you can pick your day, maybe that Sunday, a lot of people start on Sunday. Um, and then you just take it throughout the week, you write maybe a little post it to put on your mirror to, you know, help you reflect and ask, ask yourself uh, questions about it and pray with the Lord. Um, and really like have this deep growth and development throughout a whole entire year. So that's ultimately a little snapshot of the book. I've been reading, so I've been reading your book as a weekly devotional. I've also been reading a book called The Lazy Genius Way with Kendra Dachi, and she has this idea of starting small. We just, mm. we go big or go home and we feel like failures if we fall down after, like you said, after week, after day four and yeah. just like, oh shoot, no, this isn't even worth it. And so just being able to start with a day a week or a weekly theme where it's so customizable. Like you said, it could be Sunday, but it could be Friday nights when I'm getting ready for the weekend or whatever that looks like. And it's just really beautiful to be able to start small. So I think you nailed it there. That's just so accessible regardless of a season. Like that is something that I can do. That was the dream. Yes, that was the goal. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you're the mom of two boys. You're absolutely adorable. I love seeing them on Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> and I love how you write in the introduction that you have this great quote, my life is pure pandemonium. That, mm-hmm. yes, I, I know what that's like. And that's, you know, pre-pandemic and that's with one little baby. So as a fellow mom in the trenches of, of littles, I know exactly what that feels like. It, yes. but, but like you were saying, like it, it's busy, maybe an overused word, but it's also something that's incredibly relatable that there's a lot yes. of life seasons that feel like there is just no break. The pace is constant. We never get a break to stop and pause in those seasons. Why? And more importantly, how can we prioritize our prayer life and our relationship with the Lord? That's a very good question. How old is your baby? She is 18 months and then we'll have baby number two joins us in March. Congratulations. Thank you. That's so exciting. I love to hear that. It's yeah, it's very challenging, especially with littles um, to prioritize that. And ultimately, it's just really, uh, I think one of the easiest ways that I've done that. And I wrote a blog recently um, about the holiness of motherhood and how the way that I try to prioritize my prayer time is making every action I do as a mother, a prayer. And that kind of like, might be like, how does that work? Well, I mean, I'm not a person right now. So my son is whatever, 10 weeks old. So I'm not able to, a lot of moms will get up at, you know, 5:45 in the morning, like before all the kids are up and things like that. But right now I know that I need to sleep. And the Lord gives me permission to do that, to not, you know, do the prayer time at 545 thing because, you know, the baby's still waking in the night, the whole thing. So right now in my life, I have figured out that every diaper change can be a prayer. Every washed, uh, you know, high chair tray (laughs) can be a prayer. But all of that is this offering. And I can use those moments to connect with the Lord, to either like talk with the Lord or um, like to make a washing of a high chair, you know, tray with peanut butter all over it, a prayer for like one of my friends that I know is struggling. Like, Lord, I'm going to wash this high chair tray and this will be my prayer for Caitlin. 
and just be with her and show her who you are and whatever that prayer might be, that I use all these opportunities for prayer throughout my day. Um, and that, that kind of changed everything that I see everything as a way that I can connect with the Lord and bring him into my day and into my life, which really is what prayer is about. So my prayer life is my whole life. Um, and you know, I, I don't do that perfectly. Um, but that's really what I have tried to make it in my life right now. Um, there are different, you know, different things that people you like daily, easy daily devotionals that go right to your email in the morning. I'm able to do that sometimes. Um, I use the Hallo app a lot, which has been really, really helpful for me. Um, so things like that are also really accessible for women who feel like, oh my gosh, there's just not enough time. But changing the way I see prayer and and having consolation from the Lord in that to say like, yeah, a diaper change can be a prayer, Emily, um, has been really, really helpful for me. Mm, that's so good. I think especially for especially for moms who they know mm-hmm. because they were they are maybe changing a diaper right now. But even for women who are in different different seasons without littles, like this really hard project at work, Lord, that is really testing me. I'm going to offer mm-hmm. that up for someone specifically, or uh, yeah, to have that be an, an intention and a place to meet the Lord in prayer. I think brings a whole new meaning to this idea of praying without ceasing, which at first glance yes. can seem completely unattainable and crazy, um, especially when you're in a busy season. But then to realize that literally everything you do can be a prayer just opens your entire, like you said, it opens your entire life up into being a prayer life. Totally. Uh, There's a whole chapter in Awake in My Heart on that. I think it's called Make It Meaningful. And I just encourage you, like every time you clock into work this week or whatever, like if you know your friend Nicole needs prayer, every time you clock into work, you stop and pray for Nicole. Or every time you like take your seat on the bus, you pray for this intention or whatever it is. And you incorporate prayer into that, like pray without ceasing mode into every part of your life. Being able to tie it to something that you're going to be doing already is such a powerful way to start a habit too. Amen. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. We've talked about a couple of the weeks that are in this devotional. I'd love to dive into a couple more just with you while we're here. Yeah. Um, Every single one of these is relatable. Like I was struck as I'm reading through the topic, the list of topics, like, yes, I know exactly what that feels like, or gosh, dang it. I need to spend more than a week in that topic. <laughs> oh yes. I feel that. <laughs> the first one that caught my eye was week 12, which is silence, self-loathing. And I think the experience of putting ourselves down verbally as women is something that is unfortunately all too common and relatable for a lot of women. Why do you think we're so hard on ourselves? And how do you recommend growing in our ability to recognize the truth that God calls us beloved? That's that's a very good question. Why are we so hard on ourselves? I think um, for every woman, it's different. I think for some women, it comes from their childhood, right? If your parents or someone in your life, your teacher was super, super hard on you, you begin to internalize that, right? And that's a lot about with psychology and things like that. Um, But I think that we, especially in our social media saturated culture, we've come to see what we think is this ideal woman uh, who looks different for everyone. Everyone has a different idea of what perfection or the ideal woman should be. And every single day we are shown that we are not her. And so I think that that really causes us to be hard on ourselves. I think that a lot of Catholic women um, feel like there's this box or this bar that they need to meet every single day. Uh, which isn't the truth that the Lord is so merciful and that he meets us right where we are. um, And that he loves to see us just try to grow and try to grow closer to him every single day. 
But for why we're hard on ourselves, I don't know the exact answer because I struggle with it too. And that's why I wrote this chapter. Um, but I just feel like it's also the work of the enemy who wants us to believe that we're just not good enough and we're not doing a good job. And we have to work to hear the voice of God who tells us who we are and that, you know, he sees what we're doing and that we're trying um, when we are genuinely and that he wants us to have faith and confidence in that and that he sees that in, in the fact that that's a beautiful thing. So um, growing in our ability to recognize like the truth that God calls us to is just like learning to listen to his voice. One, I'm, I'm big on simple prayers. I don't know if you know this, Chloe, but I'm big on simple prayers. Then one of my favorite simple prayers is Jesus, tell me the truth. Plain and simple. When I'm hard on myself, when what whatever the lie that I see pops up, right? I really try to work on self-awareness in my life, like being aware of my train of thought and, you know, the work as a Lord in my life, but also the work of the enemy um, in my life. Jesus, tell me the truth is a super powerful prayer when I get into that place of being hard on myself or or needing to recognize like who he calls me and what he sees in me and what he wants me to know just in, in that day. Jesus, tell me the truth. Like in that moment, right, where I might feel like I'm not doing a good enough job with Zion or I'm not, you know, uh, whatever it might be, not measuring up as a mom, right? I stop that train of thought and I say, Jesus, tell me the truth. And if I stop long enough to listen, Jesus says, Emily, you're doing a great job, right? And I get tears in my eyes, just like, you know, talking about it. He says, Emily, you're doing your best. You're loving your son in all the ways that you possibly can. And I know that I'm doing my best. I give this thing my all every single day. And it's not perfect. Giving it my all doesn't mean I'm doing it perfectly, but it means like I'm giving it my all. And there's a very important distinction there. But um, Jesus tells me the truth in that moment. And then I find consolation there. And so I think that that prayer is something that women can do whatever season of life they're in take into their life and recognize those moments where they want to have that ability and grow in that ability to recognize the truth that God says, you're my beloved, you're my daughter. And I see all the effort you're making to um, serve me in every way. So put that in your pocket. Jesus, tell me the truth. That's beautiful. Two things strike me when you're talking. The first is that when I'm scrolling through Instagram thinking of, well, I don't live up to the ideal woman. The the ideal woman that I have in my head might be different than the one that my sister has or my friend has. And it's so interesting because it seems like the only one common denominator is that I'm not that woman or she's Mm -hmm. not that woman. And so it's just so interesting to think about that there isn't, you know, one, you know, the media feeds us so many different versions of ideal and every single one of us has our own desires and hopes and goals and what we see as success. And so just to recognize that, that there is diversity in that, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, but we're just not, that's not us. And that's, and that's okay. That was beautiful. Totally. Um, and then the second thing that I loved that you said is, uh, you know, trying my best doesn't mean that I'm perfect. And that is mm-hmm. so freeing because I think another lie that we get wrapped up in women. So as women so often is I have to do this perfectly. I have to have it all. Mm-hmm. I have to have it all together and no one can know that I'm feeling or hurting or needing any sense of yeah, any help or any community. And so just to remember that trying your best doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. is just absolutely freeing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it frees you to take the first step. I think a lot of women are paralyzed to think I'm just not going to take any steps so I won't fail. But I think it's a beautiful thing just to take a step and, and, you know, to see what happens and trust in the Lord and just, you know, do something and try something. And each and every single day, like I said, to give it your all and, and recognize that the Lord sees all of that. 
I'd love to tap into one more week with you in week 35. I love how you encourage women to thank God for good friends. And you have this line where you write, I thought of how many Christian women I've spoken with who express sadness that they only have one good friend when it seems as if everyone else has so many. And you go on later in the chapter to say, to have just one friend, one support, one person to uplift and give you strength to keep going in life, that is a true gift. What are some practical ways that we can give thanks for the friends that we have, whether that is one friend who we love and hold very dear, or we have many friends, regardless of what that friendship looks like in the life of a listener. What's some ways that we can let friends in our life know know that they are a gift when in our lives? Totally. Um, I I ask women, you know, uh, in that book, in that chapter, maybe. Um, when was the last time you like actively and consciously prayed for your friends? Right. Like we talk with them, we chat with them, we share with them, we you know text back and forth and this and that. But when was the last time you really honestly prayed for them? That's a huge gift that we can give our friends actively actively praying for them, asking what they need prayers for and taking that to the Lord is a huge part of friendship. But I think um, one of the thing, important things is um, the five love languages. A lot of people think it's just a romantic thing. But if I learn what the love languages of my friends are, if they want to spend quality time with me, that's a, that's a way that I can love them. If they, if they enjoy spending that quality time together, if they receive gifts the best, like how can I think of little thoughtful things to do to show them how much I appreciate them and care for them? Um, that can be a really powerful thing as well. Knowing how they receive love is a very, um, good and practical tool in order to love my friends well in friendship. Um, and you know, giving thanks for the friends that we have, I think uh, like we can pray for our friends, but also thanking the Lord for them is really, really key. Even if it's just one, like offering a prayer every night, Lord, thank you for Paige. Thank you for the beautiful friend that she is in my life. Like, thank you for the ways that she motivated me or encouraged me or brought me insight this week. Like, thank you to not be like the lepers who don't come back in terms of thanking the Lord for good friends is really, really important. And that's something I can definitely do more in my own life. Mm, Me too. I think it just also makes you aware too of the goodness that that friend gives that you receive too. Like when you're actively thanking the Lord for them, whether it's on a a weekly basis or a nightly basis, being able to recall like an examine of your friendship and recall the good ways that they blessed you is so powerful. Yes, I totally agree. And I think that's something that we can all definitely, I know I definitely can work on. Mm, Me too, me too. We are sitting here recording right before the beginning of 2021. And as a listener is tuning in, looking ahead to a new year, maybe they're making a resolution or they're wanting to grow some way in their faith life this upcoming year. What advice would you give them as we close this final chapter of 2020? Good question. Um, I think it's important for, I think people think that once the the bell tolls on December 31st. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay again. I wish, <laughs> right? But probably too? not. Yes. I was like, I'm so too? glad 2020 is coming. I'm like, guys, that doesn't, just because it's, there's a one at the end of the year doesn't mean that right. we are radically in a different year. Oh my gosh. I think it's really important to remember that. I think we blamed so much on 2020 and we're just going to have to start blaming everything on 2021 <laughs> because it's not going to magically be different. I love the fresh outlook that, you know, the turn of a new year, um, gives us. But I think that one, like, like you said, like take small, take a small step. Don't say, Oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the gym every day, or I'm going to do this and like do this radically big thing that you're just going to give up on four days in, which we know a lot of people do for their resolutions. 
choose one small thing and make a resolution to grow in your faith life in that one small thing and ask the Lord to give you the the courage and the motivation to um, do that one small thing. And I think you'll find that that one small thing changes a lot more than you realize or even know when you choose that one small thing. I love how practical that is too. And I think of God, we talk about God as a father. When I think about parenting, when our kids come to us with this tiny thing that they're so proud of, we mm-hmm. love rejoicing in that with them. We're not like, well, well, I'm really disappointed that you didn't bring me something larger or more. Yes. You know? like, no, we love the little things with them. So how much more so does God the father love the little things with us as his daughters? Absolutely. That's a great example. Great example. I love that. So where can listeners find a copy of Awaken My Heart? Maybe this is something that they're going to crack open in January or they're going to dive into right away. And how can they connect with you online after listening to this podcast episode? Yeah, absolutely. So Awaken My Heart, you can find on Amazon or on AveMariaPress.com. You can read it yourself or you can read it in a group. I'm reading it in a group of women in my family and sharing about it throughout the year is a way that women can connect deeper. I think a lot of women want more than just surface friendships, but we talk about, you know, a lot of the same old things with our mom or with our friends or whatever, because we don't know how to go deeper. And this is a tool for women to go deeper so they can get that um, on Amazon, like I said, AveMariaPress.com and then connect with me through YouTube or Instagram, um, at E M W I L S S is the best way to do that. And then I, you know, I share about dating. I, I share things for women of all seasons of life, single, married, married with children, married without children. Um, and I would love to connect with any of your listeners. You know, Emily, the one question that I ask every guest who comes on the show is we talk about like, what does it mean to explore the feminine genius? What does it mean to live this out in our lives as daily women? And we all do it differently. And you're right. There is not, it's not a box we stuff ourselves into. So the last question I have is how do you live out the feminine genius, especially as a woman who's encouraging other women to cultivate gratitude in their daily lives? Um, so my late mentor, her name was Mrs. Nick. Um, she is a lot of the reason I'm in ministry. She said, cause there's no like, like definition of the feminine genius, which is very challenging and difficult. I didn't say the feminine genius is, um, but, um, my late mentor, Mrs. Nick said, our feminine genius lies in our ability to pay attention. Our feminine genius lies in our ability to pay attention. And Edith Stein expounds upon that when she talks about, um, being able to uh, see where the shoe is hurting someone. I don't know. I, I have the quote somewhere, but I can't <laughs> look it up now. Where the shoe is like rubbing wrong against a person and to be able to help them with that. So I think um, living out the feminine genius is um, paying attention to where there is need, whether that's in my son Zion or my son Jedediah or my husband Daniel um, or the people that I meet in my everyday life, like paying attention where is their need? And that, you know, has transformed a little bit because we don't go out as much this year. Um, but to see where there is need and see how the Lord is asking me to help be his hands and feet in that need, whether it's my babies or my husband or a person in my community or a stranger. So that I say would be the way that I try to best do that in my own life. That's beautiful. Well, Emily, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, for sharing your story, for Awaken My Heart. What a beautiful resource. I know I've been giving it to people as a gift as they for the holidays, but then also for the new year. So thanks for coming on the show and sharing. This has been absolutely wonderful. 
Thank you for your support of the book and for everything that you do to cultivate, you know, a greater understanding of the feminine genius in women and how we can live that out because the feminine genius is a very important piece of God's plan for the world. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. Head over to letterstowomenpodcast.com to check out this week's show notes. That is a brand new web address, so lots of fun things are happening for Letters to Women lately. But if you're listening in a podcast player, you can just scroll down to browse through links to Emily's new book, Awaken My Heart, and where to find her on social media. I'm so excited to kick off this new year with you and the podcast and our conversations together. There's some incredible women coming on Letters to Women in 2021 to share about their stories as Catholic women, as well as how they live out the feminine genius in their daily lives. I'm going to be talking to a New York fashion designer, an ex-lawyer turned creative writer, and a moral theologian, and that's just the next three episodes. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss any new content from Letters to Women, and I would be so honored if you wrote a quick review and let me know how I'm doing. If you know a woman who's looking for a new podcast to listen to in this new year, I would love if you would mention Letters to Women to her. Thanks so much for joining me. Follow the podcast over on Instagram at letters to women underscore podcast to stay in touch between episodes. And until next time, be not afraid.